I'm uh, delighted to say that uh, in the hot seat this afternoon is a legendary stand-up comedian, Tony Vino. Good afternoon, Tony. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm all right. Are you all right? I'm doing very well, thanks. It's lovely, uh, lovely to be here. And uh, but very uh, impressive candle as well. He's on the background uh, there. That is actually the Paschal candle uh, that is waiting for going to church that we're not allowed to go into at the moment. But uh, talking of candles, Tony, do you remember the gig you did at St Matthew's Church when you um, planned to do the gag with the four Advent candles? That's right. I was like, it's a callback to Ronnie's, uh, the two Ronnie sketch, and I was like, uh, actually, in my rider, I asked for uh, four candles. And, uh, yeah. But <laughs> what it fell to the ground. <laughs> what, the, the gag or the candle? The candles, they fell to the ground. They've been decorated. <laughs> <clears throat> and everybody thought it was part of the act. And I was at the back thinking, somebody's going to kill me. So Somebody's going to kill me. Because <laughs> somewhere in the Anglican rule book, uh, uh, knocking over Pascal candles is not allowed. I think it's... No. <laughs> Well, it's great. It's great that you've joined us. Thanks for this. And uh, I understand that today you should have been in sunnier climates. You should have been in Turkey. Is that right? Turkey, a place called Fethiye in, in Turkey. So I was meant to be flying out um, this morning uh, doing uh, gigs to British people on holiday going abroad. Do you remember when we used to go abroad on holiday? <laughs> well, those days uh, was were basically... Um, so it's for Tui as well. It's one of these Tui hotels. Uh, but, you know, I'm, at, uh, I'm in my bedroom with a massive beard talking to you, Alex, over Zoom. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's almost the same thing. So it's <laughs> very flattering, Tony. I must want to leave you for a minute. I've had some Turkish delight before, so I'm, I'm, I'm consoling myself. <laughs> and uh, I understand there's been a COVID crisis in your house. Have you had it or, or was it a false well, spot? My goodness. So I, um, Friday night, I had, so I was ill Friday with a virus. And then I went into some really intense, like I had an intense hallucinogenic night, having a fever, um, uh, all sorts of, and, 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 I, and I basically burnt up and I was sweating and all this kind of stuff. And then I was achy. So I had something and then, um, Sounds uh, like a vindaloo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, and I got a so then Saturday I, I booked one of these uh, drive-through uh, tests. I thought it's anyway amazing the fact drive-through night. I actually picked up a Big Mac and shakes on the way. It was amazing. Hey. And, <laughs> and um and so it's incredible. So I, I booked on the Saturday morning. I booked it for the next day at the Etihad Stadium. Um, and uh, it was it was uh, it was yeah basically it was an alternative derby. There was loads of Manchester people queued up in cars, and then we did the drive-through test. And I booked it in for me and my wife because at the moment, Alex, I don't know if you're um, I know you as a man of the cloth are. I'm technically um, uh, classed as a key worker because uh, I've got a temporary job at Timpsons. Hello, no, I'm not. Uh, so basically, I've um, I, I've whilst we're on lockdown and there's no comedy shows. I've got, um, I'm working at a local uh, homeless shelter in Manchester, Old Trafford. So, uh, so 
part of the rules is if you need to travel to work, you get you can get this uh, this test. So I had the test on Sunday, uh, which me and my wife, and it was a really unpleasant experience. The kids were in the back and we were swabbing ourselves. And it's just, I don't, it was horrible. <laughs> you had to just, we're just retching, just. <laughs> and then you stick, whatever you stick in the back of your mouth, you stick up your nose as well. Right. Which is nice. the, the usual way I eat anyway. Have you the results then or? It came in yesterday, so it came in negative. So, uh, so. Congratulations. Now, thank you very much. I, I mean, I always think it's important to stay positive in life, but on this occasion, right, um, it's come through negative for both of us. And I mean, there's, there's a, it could, could it have been current? I don't know. In the, there's, there's apparently a 30% um, uh, inaccuracy. But right. pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it was just a virus. I mean, right, okay. I don't know what virus it was? Probably someone that. that Fair enough. Not around for a while. Well, that was uh, that was the introduction. Thanks for thanks for the interview, Tony. Goodbye. No, we we've got about 20 25 minutes, so I'm going to fire. I've got quite a few questions. Oh, um, wow. I just want to just quickly touch on some general comedy stuff, and then. But people have asked. Uh, some people on our page have asked questions around the faith aspect. If that's all right. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, the question I'm keen to ask you around comedy is, um, I'm sure you'll, you will agree that comedy is an art form, but I sometimes struggle watching uh, comedians um, because I'm so intrigued by the art yes. and, and the genre. Do you find that, Tony, when you, when you go and see comedians, you kind of yeah. watch how the craft is being formed or? Absolutely. It, it's, um, I studied theatre at college. I remember my uh, theatre uh, teacher, uh, Mrs. Paris, saying, uh, you know, this is a great art form to study, but I must warn you, watching theatre shows, watching plays from now on, um, the, the suspension of disbelief will be ruined for you. And that's the case with comedy. Basically, now, uh, as I go, and I teach comedy, so I do some, you know, workshops, and things like that, and, and, and so I'm really intrigued with the, the, the craft and the way... Uh, words uh, uh, spun together, you know, the way that comedians hold their body. And so if you're in public speaking, often, whoever, whatever you're watching, whether it's a TED talk, whether it's a sermon, whether it's a comedian, it, there's something about the craft which you then get obsessed with. And it sometimes takes you away from experience in the moment because there's, there's almost like two parts of yourself. There's a part of yourself that's emotionally in the moment and and connect as an audience member, and then as part of your uh, analysing. And and I think comedies is part is a genre in which we do take a step back and we analyse, and that's why people are intrigued by it because you look at the ordinary, you look at the everyday, you look at things in life, and then you sort of take a step back and then look at it from a different angle. So there's um there's a saying, isn't there, about in like science, you know, you can uh, you can dissect a frog, and then you understand how the frog works, but it it, it definitely kills the frog so I think the same with comedy you know you can kind of get into how the craft of comedy works and then but it can actually kill it it can kill the live experience for you yeah yeah cheers um as a boy as a boy Tony who were your kind of comedy heroes who, who did you watch on telly and think oh these people you know for me I used to love Les Dawson I just find him a, a genius although oh, I didn't find yes. him particularly funny but the way he did it was, was yeah. just just gonna shoot. He's gone. What is that? He's gone. 
was out the window. No, I, it was uh, making a bit of noise there. Loads of trucks going by the, the window. Um, so quite a lot of comedy heroes. Uh, and my favourite as a kid, and that's, this is one thing I, where I realised I wanted to perform an thing, and, and I got the initial high of, you know, basically making people laugh, was I used to watch Vic Reeves and um, Bob Morton, Big Night Out Days, and I used to, and every time I'd watch it, and I was maybe, what, eight, about, you know, it was about 11 or 12 when I got into that, and, um, and it was early days of high school, and I used to go in every day and, uh, and, and perform the sketches the next day, because my friends didn't watch it, so I was like, so they'd say, well, did you watch it? I said, I watched it last night, and I used to fall, you know, go, Bob, I'm falling, or, um, and they said, it just, and it was just very, yeah, you just loved it. It's, really interesting. Yeah. it's really interesting, that, because although the viewers might not believe it, but I'm, I think I'm quite a bit older than you, and I had the, <laughs> had the same kind of um, experience with the young ones, and, and Rick Mayle and Vivian, yeah. and all the kids would come in the following day, and we would literally recite the episode, um, yeah. you know, and it's extraordinary, isn't it, how that kind of gets on. Um, another question yeah. I've got for you is, um, when I used to do a little bit of write, well, I still write, but not for money, but when I was writing, somebody, uh, a comedian wanted to buy a gag. Uh, and my question oh, wow. is, how much is a gag worth? <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Uh, right, okay. So, um, you know, you how long... Gags? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same, is it? how long's a piece of string? It's like, how, how big is the laughter in decibels? Because yeah. Really hard to assess. Depends on who's buying it, and depends on on um, you know how good the gang is. I don't sell gags. I have sent so because I have quite a few obviously comedian friends and and ones that um, maybe don't work for my act. I'll I'll just you know if I write one, I'll just sort of give it away. But there are some comedians that are you know, part of their an actual part of their income is you know they're, they're all gag writers. Um, uh, nor have I, I don't even think I've, 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 there was once actually, I um, commissioned a guy out in America to do a bit of, uh, you know, I'd, I'd sent him a bit of material and for him to kind of touch it up. So it, it's it's not really a, uh, it's quite a niche area. So there's no sort of specific, well, it's about 50 pounds a joke. Uh, it's very, it's very rare, very varied. But if you think about some of the really famous comedians you know that are on tv all the time and are doing um whatever you know panel shows or whatever that are maybe weekly all that kind of stuff there's there's there'll be a level to which like writing comedy is, is a long is a long and drawn out process and it can be um it can be too demanding because people want new stuff all the time so there's quite a valid area of gag writing particularly when it's sort of um, news based and weekly stuff but um i i don't know how much did you get for your gag well i, I did, in the end uh, i did a deal where i'd written this script which you've had a brief look at recently oh and, i loved it yeah and that was um that was the deal i said we'll give it the, we give this a critique for me in exchange for the gags and really that, that was the exchange but it was no brown paper bags or one <laughs> the transactions or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I do meet up with uh, other comedians, and we, and, and part of the the implicit deal is that anything that you think up that's for yourself, you keep, and anything you think up for the other person, there's a sort of open handedness. Um, but there's there's times. What is it? Last week I sent one. 
<laughs> I texted once Tim Vine, but he um he said he, he said he didn't he didn't understand the reference. So uh, what was it? Um, the joke because it's a one line. I don't do like one line. Is it went uh, my my um my friend's really into uh, my friend's an Elvis impersonator who's really into Lord of the Rings. And someone asked him, uh, "Do you speak Elvish?" And he went, "Uh huh. Thank you very much." Uh, so, but there we go. So that, but he was like, he didn't realize. Tim was like, "What? What is Elvish language?" I was like, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> I wrote one last week, Tony, a one-liner, and it was oh. what they call an Italian scaffolder. I don't know what rigatoni. <laughs> It made me laugh. I'll give you 50 quid for that. Come on. Take on it, brother. We're doing paddling live. Here we go. <laughs> so let's let's move on to, uh, you know, I've got you on because you are a Christian comedian mm. and you're free. Uh, <laughs> so carry this on for three months. I'm free for however long. So we've got a few questions. And the first one... Um, is um, when you joke about faith and religion, mm. is there an element of laughing at yourself too? And when did it become too sacred to laugh at without crossing into disrespect? So is, is your Christian faith part of your act, would you say? Well, that's a, so several questions there. Faith and religion and, and, and sacredness, I think, are, are, are interesting. Um, so for me, yes. I, one of the major rules that I abide by and I think is universal is that you can, um, in terms of different people find different things sacred in their lives, those things that are sacrosanct, so offence and, and, and denigrating someone and their beliefs uh, um, isn't cool, right? And so, uh, and, and, and also respecting yourself uh, by belittling what you find sacred and sacrosanct you know, I, I would question whether that's um, a, a good approach. But within that, you can basically talk about your own experience and what you believe in, and and and, and um, uh, you know, own what you talk about. So, so for me, I mean, I have you know various jokes. I'd like at the time when I became a Christian, uh, my dad's Spanish, and but he doesn't have um, uh, a faith. But his best friend's called Jesus, so I talk about the fact that I was like, "Dad, I found Jesus," and he's like, "He's in the front room." What are you talking about? You know that kind of thing. So talk about my own story. Um, I, I would really say, people of faith are, on the whole, through my experience, uh, Christians are people of joy. I mean, it's part of the story. You know, Christ died; he came to life again. There's hope, and hope brings joy, and hope brings. Uh, laughter and, and hope brings uh, uh, peace. So, uh, you know, the, the, there is a difference, I think, between now, over um, a can of worms with, you know, you think about faith and, and within within uh, religious structures, there is, there is um, protocols and norms where people can get, oh, I would say, overly pious. And one of the benchmarks of, of people becoming overly pious is where they lose a sense of humor about themselves because if you don't people that have a good sense of humor uh, there's a certain humility there's a certain um 
uh, open-handedness and a certain lightness about them. But I think one of the hallmarks of um, where you've kind of, I don't know, you've become too, you know, self-orientated or dare I say proud is where you lose uh, a level of humour about and, and the ability to uh, self-critique or, or receive critique as well because humour does critique the way we are because it looks at how we do things and questions it you know and and and, and, and that's okay but I, I think you know you'd know when when there's a certain type of humour that is denigrating and is um uh, dismissive because that itself is rooted in pride and superiority and i always think you know the, the, the christ way is about humility is about um putting others first and so you you know you know if you're coming from a, a perspective where you're kind of really looking down and you're trying to destroy something and, and that's where i'd say there's a problem because we're all made in the image of god and so how dare we denigrate others and, and smash people <laughs> with whatever tools whether that be vicious vicious attacks slander anger um judgmentalism or even kind of cutting humor that is uh designed to to bring them low but there's something i think beautiful about the god-given gift of a few which is part of celebration of, of laughing at ourselves and of laughing at laughing and i think it should be I would say, I would argue, to, if we build that into our praxis of faith, both corporately and, and individually, I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree. I think there's, um, I mean, there's been some wonderful opportunities of joy and laughter in the church, but I think you're right. I think we sometimes don't celebrate that gift, and, and I see it as a gift, the gift of being able to laugh yeah. in the face of adversity sometimes, and not, not necessarily laugh at others, but laugh at situations created by others and laugh at ourselves is a real, is a real gift. And, uh, you know, particularly during all this stuff, it's, it's essential, isn't it? It really is essential. And, um, you know, the ability to <clears throat> laugh together, you know, the idea that we can laugh together, it's, it's, it's almost a connection beyond words. You know, there's different languages yeah. we have, you know, talk about everyone now knows, the five love languages you know physical time gifts uh uh the others <laughs> Qual <laughs> you know, uh, affection words of affirmation whatever it is yeah. well i think laughter's a, 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 a deep resonant connecting um language and that's when 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 we all come together it's a it's a signal it's a signal that we we understand and we share yeah. it's like clapping I mean, I don't know if you've done the, the Thursday night NHS thing. First time it happened and I clapped for the NHS, I was tearing up because it wasn't words. It wasn't like, hey, you know, I really agree. Aren't they doing a great... We clapped together. It was a language of affirmation and a language of yeah. togetherness. And it was, it was that sense that we're in this together. And yeah. amazing. I mean, I, it slightly freaked me out because as a comedian, what happens is every time you hear clapping... You then, you know, you automatically walk on stage and start talking. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do with that. Little street. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Five past eight, right? Good to be here. <laughs> well, welcome. I don't normally get this when I go home from work. Thank you. <laughs> Just going on from that that subject of, of um, laughing, um, oh. somebody's, somebody's uh, Nicola has asked this question. That he said, we came to... 
We came and saw your performance at Matthews a few years ago. We really oh, enjoyed. Hello, Nicola. We enjoyed hearing laughter in church. Uh, and I, I, one of the things that really struck me about you, Tony, was on that night. I don't know if you remember it, but you had Cub Scouts and you had grown-ups and you had some pensioners there, and you had this night to the whole the whole room was laughing, which I think was really was a was a real skill actually. But um, Nicola wants to know: Is do you perform in church settings quite frequently, or was that a bit of a one-off? Oh, in, in in church uh, settings, yeah. yeah, quite quite regular. Um, I would. I, I've been looking over the last. You are the Christian comedian. You are he. <laughs> <laughs> you cornered the market. Apparently, that's it. Like Jedi's, there's only about three left. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, there's 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 plenty of of comedians, wonderful uh, comedians uh, who are Christian, but um, there's. Maybe four, maybe only, I would say five, six, seven of us who regularly perform uh, in church as part of, you know, the, often there's a, there's a, there's a um, you know, like, like, like say Matthews where there's a real sort of connection with the community and you want to put on an event uh, and, it, and, you know, I would say comedy is quite a, a, um, a, a good event, in, different to music, because different people have different, um, kind of taste for music, but you, it's, you don't really have a taste for for laughing. It's like it's it's, it's fairly universal. So, um, but the, the, there is a different skill to learn, and it took a few years to do comedy in church. And I've looked over the last couple of years, and I've probably about about a quarter of my shows that I ever do. So I probably do most of the shows I do in comedy clubs, and then uh, there's the hotels and cruise ships and all that kind of stuff abroad. Hence today, a uh, lovely fetier in Turkey. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> where I am now. Uh, but basically, um, uh, there's about, probably about a quarter uh, of those and then and about a quarter where um, <clears throat> when I'll perform in churches. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. And, and, you know, we talked about without denigrating the sacred, there are certain subcultural elements within, within how we do church and the different streams of church that... Um, that's I've been doing it over the years. I mean, 14 years now, Alex, the way you, you really notice how different churches have different expressions, different cultures, and even different furniture. Right? And so I'm able to kind of pick up on that and, and, um, and, and, and weave that in. It's, um, yeah. yeah. I noticed yeah. when, when I, I, uh, I, like I said to you, Tony, I love observing comics at work. And I was what you won't know this, but I was watching you and you had your little notebook out, didn't you? And you were yeah. having a look around the, a little look around the place, thinking, "Oh, that will yeah, make reference to that." And, no, no, I don't that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, do you feel like you? Um, are you more confident talking about faith things in that setting because you kind of, kind of, um, you know, the audience is with you. Whatever. Yes, I would. I would say that contextually. Uh, I'm much more. Um, uh, I suppose, Tony, what I'm asking is, yeah. is when you when you go into the frog and bucket or whatever, you don't turn into Bernard yeah. Manning overnight. Uh, oh no! In terms of um, my style of comedy, it's pretty much the same throughout. But that's probably because I'm I'm lazy. Like you know, I don't want to start writing a whole different. Um, uh, set and and characterization to do you know the, wherever you know frog bucket or whatever comedy club um and doing a church or whatever 
I I'll just I'll just I'll just make stuff universal, which is why um, writing clean material is uh, it's smart because you can do it anywhere. You can do it, uh, you know, for all age gigs, church gigs, corporate gigs, yeah, comedy clubs doesn't matter. So so you just sort of that that's 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 one of the reasons it it, it, it makes me um able to fit within areas. But then when I'm doing a show in a church, I think contextually I can also talk about you know I identify look I am a Christian and this is uh what I believe and so I'm able to to do that because people understand that coming into church there's now it's not uh I think uh it's not like lock the doors here we go right now we've got you um but there's a sense of you know I'm 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 able to uh, uh talk about my Christian. now it's interesting sometimes I'll um I'll just do my normal set, but it might be that uh, sometimes I might do a little interview afterwards about my faith, like on a, on a more sort of personal level, because because as I'm doing comedy, uh, obviously I'm joking all the time. So so sometimes if I if I go deep into my own, you know, how I came to know God and, and, and give my life to God and follow God, then like people going. So okay, is he is he joking now? But no, this is actually really real for me, <laughs> really, and I'm really earnest now. So, yeah. um, so sometimes I quite like to to delineate a little bit and have a break. And if I'm doing a show in a church, I'll maybe have a break, and then, uh, and then, and then afterwards, I'll I'll do a I'll say right, I've done my show, might do an hour show, and now I'll do about half an hour of just mm. Q and A or chat or yeah. you know, yeah. something right. different. We're just down to the last five minutes or so, Tony. I've just got a few things I want to ask oh, myself. So fast. Right, okay. <clears throat> I know. Um, I just was wondering, um, oh. you might probably won't remember, but I'd spoke to you, Jack and Crack, me and Chris did Britain's Got Talent, and I spoke to you about that experience. I know that some of your mates have done it. Yeah. And I just wonder, how do you feel like, mm, I don't mind a crack at that, and also... I well, I feel it's a shame that that seems to be the only vehicle really for um, stand-up comics, other than these kind of um, uh, satirical shows, which uh, are good, but they, they don't really just you don't just allow people to just be funny. So yeah, there's a couple of things there, I suppose. Yeah, about you know access to a platform and and, and all the rest. Of it. So I mean. First of all, the actual UK comedy scene, I would say, is the most accessible and supportive out of the whole world. I've done shows in, you know, Australia and America and different places. Now, it's one. I think it's one of the things is just the geography. UK's small island, densely populated. So, as a live comedian, we have a lot of. I looked through this gig list I have as because I run a few shows and I was counting up. There's at least. 600 full-time working comedians if not seven eight hundred up to that you know depends how you define it but in terms of just gigging comedians six seven hundred traveling around getting a full-time wage uh so there's 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 definitely um a really healthy comedy scene now fingers crossed and really hoping and praying that venues will won't be uh, you know shutting down after this uh this this pandemic and and they'll be opening up and all that and we can get back on the road but um, but yeah, in terms of access to that wider platform, there are definitely very, very stringent gates and gatekeepers, you know, in terms of, you know, you often see the same um, 
uh, acts. And, and, and part of it is a market demand. You know, people quite like seeing the same faces. So whether it be panel shows, whether it be uh, certain comedy shows, whatever, you know, there's certain agencies that, that run that particular, um, you know, those routes. So, uh, yeah, BGT, it's great. I mean, my mate Steve Royal's been on this this year. It's brilliant. He's absolutely smashed it. Uh, comedy, um, that's his minister. Uh, Alan Finnegan, I've been chatting to him uh, these last few weeks, and he did a brilliant um, uh, audition uh, with this season, and so he's, he's, he's through, got four yeses, etc. So it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great opportunity. But I, I think it's sad that there's not, um, I don't know, maybe something more um, targeted at comedy that would be, you know, that would be a really good profile. Like, you know, like, you used to have a show called The Comedians, something like that. I mean, there's Live at the Apollo and McIntyre's Roadshow, but it's it, it, what there was McIntyre's Roadshow. But there's very, in terms of thinking about the spectrum of the yeah. uh, pr the programming lexicon on TV, it's very, it's very, it's very limited. So I would say it'd be great to have more shows featuring more comedians and then, and give more people profile because... It's almost a bit like the, the Premier League. You're getting, some comedians getting paid unbelievably high amounts and all that, but there's so much talent. And, um, you know, it, yeah, I, I, think, I think I think it'd be more... Sorry, for, sorry for the background noise, by the way. There's, there's somebody coming here to pick a gag up. <laughs> well, Tony, we're, we're almost at the end of it, really. And... Uh, we have got your book to come at the end of June, but whether whether we'll get there and that happens, well, we'll get to the end of June, I'm sure. But Listen, we could you get could you get four candles set up right? But this time, root them into the ground, no right? Chance. No <laughs> time. So, Mate, Tony, I really uh, hope you come. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, well, we'll rearrange if you can't, and uh, it's a free community night, a comedy night for the community. So yeah, it should be it should be good when we when it does happen. But uh, Tony, thank you for sp spending a bit of time. Lovely and um, uh, you need Thanks, a haircut, Alex. brother. <laughs> Maybe a perm. Yeah, end of June. Hello, Burnley. How are <laughs> Grizzly Adams. Um, okay, mate. God, God bless you. you. Thanks, God Alex. bless you as well, and thanks very much. See you later. Bye.